It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Any good stories from the road? I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. Rat poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. What's up, folks? It's the Georgia Show. The rumors you've heard about Wes are not true. Wes did not <laughs> perish in a fire. Um, he is still with us. He's alive. Uh, I got Wes's permission to go ahead and tell everybody why he's not here. Um, he was just maimed in the fire. He'll be fine. No, he uh, he actually um, – Wes became a dad times two yesterday. Um, his wife gave birth to a beautiful baby, uh, and, and he told us that he is going to name it Javon – bullard blankenship uh and he also told us it was 14 pounds uh and 30 <laughs> inches long yes. yeah um which immediately caused me to freak out <laughs> um and then he told us it was eight pounds seven ounces and uh he is a uh, 23 inch long but we didn't get a we didn't get a real answer on the baby's name andrew uh, andrew huh andrew andrew okay i, I didn't see that part i'm sorry yeah I'm andrew, andrew Br- blankenship I heard it beat out a uh, breaking tea blanket chip. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he initially sent us a, a text saying that he was going to name it Javon Bullard blanket ship and it was 14 pounds and 30 inches long. And I immediately texted my wife thinking he was for real. Um, and she was like, Oh my God, is mom. Okay. Um, and uh, mom is fine. Uh, she's a trooper. She puts up with Wes um, and Wes puts up with us. So uh, he is not with us tonight. Roos will be joining us later. We got a full show. Uh, we're going to hit uh, some high spots. Uh, Brock Bowers' comments on Mike Bobo. Brock Bowers, just in general, Palmer had a good story on him. Um, I had a subpar story on him, like all of my stories. And then uh, we're going to talk about uh, kind of observations for spring practice, some of the things we've seen thus far. Uh, and uh, then we're uh, when Roos joins us, uh, we got some recruiting stuff to get to. Landon Thomas gaining a fifth star. And uh, maybe a little Dylan Raiola talk um, after uh, his his visit. But Palmer, Brock Bowers, you were there last night. I was not. I I had bolted after practice. What um I don't know. Brock Bowers doesn't normally give you sound bites. He doesn't normally say interesting stuff. It's kind of counterintuitive for him. What did you think about it? Yeah, I uh, I, I did enjoy hearing from Brock. Um, and uh, we heard from Brock and Javon Bullard last night. Um, does not show as us being live on YouTube yet. Oh. Um, That's strange. Technical difficulties. We got to get Wes back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
we might have just gone live on YouTube since it was uh, scheduled for 8.30. Um, yeah, we are definitely live on YouTube now. Cool. Um, well, hey. Matthew, we are, we're congratulating Wes because Wes is a father times two. His wife gave birth to Andrew Blankenship yesterday, and uh, that's why he's with us, not, not with us tonight. Wes uh, now has a little boy, a little girl, uh, and uh, we're fired up for him. Yeah, excited for Wes. Excited for um, to to be hearing for Brock, from Brock Bowers as well. Um, that's where we were going before we hit technical difficulties. Um, that I think we're getting worked out. Um, yeah. Still doesn't show as live on YouTube with zero viewers. Um, I, I know Wes is what brings in everybody to uh to to watch, but uh. Would hope we're definitely, that, we're definitely live on YouTube as I watch it externally, so I think we're good to go. Okay, good. Um, Brock Bowers, uh, we heard from him after Tuesday's practice. Um, him and Kamari Lassiter. Um, Brock talked about first of all, I, I thought it was pretty telling to hear from Brock, uh, that he is just his mindset going into this year. Um, and the, the the fact that he is keeping a level head, um, it was very similar. I feel like we had these same conversations last year, last spring, um, hearing him speak after his outstanding freshman season. Um, you know, he's he's keeping the same approach. He's he's no different than the guy he was. Uh, the guy he was the last two seasons, and keeping the same approach, um, wanting to, to keep up his, his involvement in the offense the same way. Uh, and, you know, ready to take on whatever that takes, um, you know, whatever that looks like, obviously no Darnell Washington, uh, the, the, uh, the tight end room is going to look different. Uh, new offensive coordinator, uh, he talked about what that may look like some wrinkles that are going to be involved with Mike Bobo. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously not giving too much away there. Uh, but the, the fact that he's enjoying what things look like and that Bobo worked with the tight ends last season, we heard that from Darnell at the combine. Uh, and now we're hearing it from, from Brock Bowers himself. Uh, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the star of that tight end room, um, is has praise for Mike Bobo, what he's done already uh, working with that group and what he's excited about for the future for that group. Yeah, and, and I, my point kind of coming from it, I, I couldn't write it this way because you can't write it for, you can't write a story around a player that, hey, he's normally boring, but he's not being boring this time. Um, and ultimately, he, he wasn't being boring. He was... Uh, I think he was being honest when he talked about the fact that he likes, you know, some of the wrinkles and some of the things being thrown, um, you know, his way uh, for, you know, from Mike Bobo. And, um, you know, Bobo's had a lot of success with tight ends in the past. He's had success with tight ends that are similar to Brock Bowers. I mean, you look at Orson Charles. Orson Charles wasn't quite – I mean, nobody is really – is quite the athlete that that uh, that Brock Bowers is. Well, Orson Charles was probably the most successful tight end in Georgia history just in terms of I think he had maybe the best single season 
for a tight end before Bowers. Uh, maybe it was Leonard Pope, but hey, Mike Bubba coached him too. Uh, you know, it's it, you're not necessarily coaching, but he was a quarterback's coach. He was around when that was around. So uh, some of the better tight ends, I mean, he was around when Ben Watson was there, Leonard Pope. Um, you know, Jay Rome had a good little run there. Arthur Lynch uh, was a really good player for Bobo. Uh, you know, there were some fantastic tight ends during Bobo's time at Georgia. Um, and, and Bowers just kind of breaks the mold on all of them. I mean, I, honestly, I can't think of a college tight end I would ever pick over Brock Bowers. Everybody knows about my man crush here. I, I don't know that I would ever pick one. It's huge. Yeah, I mean, it's well, the thing about it is, like, who do you – what tight end do you hand a jet sweep to and you feel like, hey, he, he can house this. He can house this against an elite football team. Um, I think where I really started to kind of get really uh, into this whole Bowers thing was that, that, that SEC championship game last year, the only game Georgia's lost in the past two years. Uh, Georgia was able to kind of – keep its head above water and maybe give itself a chance if a couple of things broke right to win that game because of number 19. And uh, the, he w- he put on a similar performance against Alabama that night to what Todd Gurley did in that 2012 SEC championship game. I, I've watched Todd Gurley. I've watched Nick Chubb um, at Georgia. I've covered those guys in person. And uh, Brock Bowers, when he touches the football, is very, very similar to those players, in my view, because of the way he he attacks defenses and because of the way he breaks tackles and how he can run away from guys. Um, so I, I think, you know, he's a special talent. Obviously, he's a luxury for Mike Bobo. But I think, you know, one of the things I, I've, you know, when I was writing the story today about what he had to say about the new wrinkles that Bobo was putting into the offense, I'm sitting there thinking like, all right, well, I know what people are going to say. They're going to say, what was he supposed <laughs> to Right. Well, I mean, what Brock Bowers is supposed to say is something really boring because he's always extremely boring. Maybe the worst quote on the team and one of the worst quotes I think I've ever covered at Georgia, um, but he gave a good one on Bobo about kind of bringing new wrinkles to the offense. And funny, Kirby Smart used the exact same language uh, when he spoke to us in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, what what people are going to think that wrinkle is, Brock Bowers as a fullback. I mean – I mean, we, we, we joked about it, but, but that feels like something that, that people are going to jump to that extreme and think, oh, well, you know, they're going to use Brock as, as this and that and, um, you know, what the new wrinkles. Look, if you have a player like Brock Bowers and you've seen what he can do, whether you were on staff last year or not, you know, he, he saw from afar what he did uh, in 2021, watched him do it against Auburn. Uh, and, and then, you know, in 2022 was able to watch it a little bit closer, uh, being, you know, working with him and, and getting hands on and, and being a part of that team and that offense, you're stupid if you don't continue to do the same sort of things. Um, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're dumb and this is Kirby smart. Wouldn't hire somebody that's dumb. This is somebody that has coordinated. You don't get paid millions of dollars to be dumb. Um, you know, people. Mike Bobo is somebody that has coordinated offenses. He knows the kind of weapon that he has because, you, I mean, when, when you're a coach at that level, you're able to identify somebody that's different. And whether that's whether you've had somebody that's different or not, Brock Bowers is different. And, um, I mean, I, it would be crazy to think that Mike Bobo isn't going to use 
uh, isn't going to use Brock Bowers in, in similar ways to what Todd Munkin did the last couple of years. Yeah, 100%. See, Matthew C's pointing out the third and long stuff. I, I would challenge folks to go look at third and longs under Todd Munkin. Um, I've been in I've been in a many a game thread over the past three years when Todd Munkin would catch, uh, catch it in the teeth for calling a draw play on third and long. Also, a lot of times that's the head coach's call. A lot of times that's the head coaches being like, hey, let's run it and punt it uh, because you don't want to get yourself in any further trouble. Running the ball on third and long is not bad when you got a Georgia defense on the other side like the one Georgia – the defense on the other side like Georgia has. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just really interested to see um, – I don't give a crap about what we see at G day. Cause that's not going to be what the offense is going to look like. Um, you know, that George is going to air raid and sling it around and, and do all that stuff. Especially whenever you look at the fact and we need to get into this too, um, that, that they're shorthanded at tight end right now. I mean, they, they, yeah. they are not, not as shorthanded as you might think, because I got to looking at it, Palmer one less tight end right now than they had this time last year. Um, yeah, you know, cause they were down, year. they were down Darnell and they were down Brock. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. Same amount of tight ends then because they had, uh, well, I guess Delt was around. Yeah, Delt was around. So one less than this time last year. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really a, uh, a huge difference, but you can't run 12 personnel on both sides of the ball, not unless you put uh, Bowers on one team, Sperling on the other, and then have Lawson Lucky, who has impressed thus far, um, bouncing back and forth. Um, you know, but but ultimately, the wide receiver depth's a little bit better. I think you're going to see a lot more three wide receiver stuff at G Day, and uh, you know you're going to see Georgia throw the ball a ton. It's not going to look like, but it's not going to look like the traditional offense because Georgia's not going to throw it 70 percent of the time in any particular game this coming season. If it does, Georgia's not as good as we thought it was because they're having to throw to catch up. And uh, they shouldn't have to be throwing to catch up with anybody on that schedule. Uh, Pierce Sperlin out for the uh, rest of spring, broken collarbone, will have surgery, expected to be back in June. And it's his right collarbone. Nothing related to, I think, any other injuries ever had. What, what's the impact analysis there, Palmer? Yeah, um, I, I definitely think it, it obviously hurts to lose somebody. It hurts Pierce more than it hurts Georgia. I think because th this is a kid that came in for the opportunity to, um, to, to learn, to, to get those reps. Uh, and now he's not going to have that chance because uh, of an unfortunate injury. Um, and, and so, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you going back to the offense, I mean, I think that you're going to see more, uh, more, more, you know, work for those wide receivers. You're going to see, um, you're going to see more work for these quarterbacks. You, you're going to see that a lot this year. And you're going to see that a lot this spring because of the impact that it takes, the, the impact that it has losing uh, Pierce here. And so, you know, I, I think that it's somebody, he's somebody that needs to put on a little bit of weight. Um, you know, we can see him here on, on that first day of practice. No pads, uh, so you get a better picture of, of you know, what he kind of looks like, uh, you know, you know, in person, uh, more so than you would if he was wearing pads and was bulked up by that. Um, you still have Oscar Delp. Uh, you look, here's what I think it is. And, and it relates to the conversation we were just having about Mike Bobo and this offense is that Georgia's offense is going to look different without Darnell Washington. 
you don't have a six foot seven, 280 pound freak of nature. And so if you're going to go to tight end sets, what is that going to look like? It, it probably looks maybe a little bit more spread out. Uh, it, it puts pressure on guys like Lawson Lucky, uh, you know, the, the other, uh, you know, early enrollee freshman, uh, Oscar Delp. It puts pressure on those guys to, to you know, a step up and emerge as blockers, um, you know, as opposite of Bowers. Uh, and it gives them an opportunity. Um, you know, I, I think that's where it hurts the most for Pierce is that he's missing out on that opportunity to get involved, get established. Um, you know, I, I think it was going to be an uphill battle anyway with, with Oscar Delp, uh, a part of this offense. Um, you know, and, and so I think that that was, it, it's obviously unfortunate for him. Yeah, no question about it. And, um, you know, it, it is pointed out there by Rhett Womack, collarbones are not easy to come back from one first of all they're painful as crap like i had a bruised one one time and it was it was a very painful injury um thankfully i never broke one i separated my shoulder a couple of times but i never broke my collarbone um it's it's a it's a it's a joker of an injury man and and that's listen that's why we're talking about in in kind of the last third of march here um he's going to be out all of april and all of may i mean this is going to be a good 10 weeks uh, before he's ready and coming back, he's having a surgery. He's going to be fine, though. I mean, he's got one of the best uh, medical staffs out there, um, you know, working with him. And it means a lot of reps for Lawson Lucky, who, you know, to me, man, really fits in athletically. And I guess this is a pretty good transition time, Palmer, to start talking about some of our observations for spring practice. And I'll go with this one on Lucky before we get into our main takeaway. So be thinking about that. Be thinking about your number one main takeaway from the two practices we've seen from Georgia. Uh, this is not my number one, but I will kind of, you know, like I said, filter into Lawson Lucky here. Uh, he fits in athletically when you watch them run routes. I mean, he the way he can drop his weight and, and change direction – uh, the way he plucks the ball out of the air, uh, the way he kind of leaves his feet and, and his light on his feet. Lawson Lucky's a big-time athlete, and and I think that that Georgia fans are going to be really, really happy and really maybe even surprised with with how good he is. I, I don't know how good Pierce Berlin's going to be. I see a very gangly, um, you know, athlete in Pierce Berlin, but, I, but Lucky's a little more compact and, and looks like he's a little more physically ready to kind of hold up to that that pounding. He can play that H-back position. He can be a true Y guy. I mean, he can he can do a lot of different things from that from that uh tight end position. And um, you know, I, I like I said, I've been really impressed with him. Um, you know, just in in the short time we've watched, I've heard some good things about him as well. But Palmer, getting to our pre uh, spring practice observations, we've seen two practices. We've seen probably a little over thirty minutes of practice thus far. What would you say is the one thing you've noticed about this team, maybe more than anything? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So, I, you know, I, I can't help but think about the wide receivers um, and that position group, the talent, the amount of talent and 
um, you know, experienced talent that you've got. And maybe it's not experienced at Georgia. Um, you've got two guys that are that are transfers in that room that are going to be counted on. But you know, I was at, we were asked on the board yesterday and um, you know, about the biggest difference uh, between this spring and last. And you know, of course, it's the presence of Jake Rowe. Um, you know, you weren't around last spring, so um, you know th- that one fell upon me. And you know, I think it's obviously the quarterbacks um, and. The, the the question the uncertainty there it's not necessarily a question uh, about the guys it's more a question about who is the guy uh, the uncertainty about who is the guy um, and, and I think that that comes across in the it, it puts a certain pressure on them during the sessions that we get to see with the wide receivers but I think when you look at the wide receivers. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest differences to me because of, uh, you know, again, the talent that you have there, uh, Dom, Dom, love it. Can't, can't say Dom Blaylock, Dom, love it. Dominic, love it. Uh, Rara Thomas, um, you know, the, the, the freshman, I mean, Tyler Williams is somebody that is just physically outstanding. Um, Yazid Haynes and, and, um, Anthony Evans both both looked the part, and then obviously that's in a room that that brings back Lad McConkey, Marcus Roseme, Jack Saint, Dylan Bell, all guys that contributed last year. There are just a lot of guys that I think Arian Smith. I mean, the fact that I went that deep into the wide receiver discussion without mentioning a, a guy that has constantly had buzz about around him uh you know says a lot about where that wide receiver room is so i think that to me is one of the biggest differences and is probably one of the things that has been um most impressive especially on the offensive side of the ball i mean the weapons that are around those quarterbacks we we talked about the tight ends um you know obviously the, the receivers there as well and and an experienced running back room um, you know, you're not having to replace two guys in that running back room and see who's going to step up. You've got two guys back, you know, you've, you're, you're replacing one, but you've got two guys back that have played major, major roles yeah, as opposed to just one last season with Kenny McIntosh. Um, I don't, I don't think coming into 2022, you could have said that Kendall Milton or, or Dejan Edwards had played a major role. Um, you know, Kendall based on some injuries that had held him back, Dejan based on uh, the depth chart that had held him back. Um, you know, I, you can very clearly say that going into 2023, that those two guys have played major roles and you've got talented backs that you're excited about with, with in Branson Robinson, Roderick Robinson and Andrew Paul when he can get healthy. Um, you know, so the weapons to, to me, it's the, the thing that has stood out is the weapons that are around the quarterbacks. Yes, there is uncertainty with who's going to be the guy at that position, but you've got so many talented skill players around them uh, that, that, you know, whoever it is, is going to have a lot of help. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, I look back to last season, uh, a couple points on receivers here. I look back to last season, and, you know, October was probably Georgia's less, you know, least, you know, late September through October is probably Georgia's least impressive stretch of the season, that Kent State, Missouri stretch. Um, what was going on then? Well, um, first of all, George was turning it over. Secondly, um, Lab McConkey was playing awful football. He was dropping ball, yep. everything thrown his way. He, he fumbled it a couple of times, and they were key fumbles. 
Um, it, it wasn't until he picked it up that the offense really started to take off. And I think coming into this year, when you've got Ladd and when you've got Dominic Lovett and, and if you've got a healthy Arian Smith, that is a lot of stress on a defense. That's even more stress than, than Darnell Washington put on a defense because you're like, man, we saw number 84 absolutely light up Tennessee and absolutely light up TCU in some big games. And, and you know that he can get you. Well, you also know Dominic Lovett can get you. And by the way, we were watching some sort of weird – two-on-one, um, you know, two defensive backs versus one receiver drill. Um, he – Dominic Lovett lowered a shoulder and took everything Joe Nell Aguero had to give him, um, and it was just like a train wreck. There one of the second. first reps, if I, don't, if I recall. Yeah, it was very, very physical play, and by both players it was impressive. Um, you know, so, so Dominic Lovett is a, is a playmaker. I mean, we're talking about one of the leading receivers in the SEC last year with very sketchy quarterback play. Um, not only those guys, Arian Smith, you brought him up. I mean, you don't do what Arian Smith did in the playoff, which was basically just cook everybody that tried to cover him. Um, if you're not a fantastic player and, and for him, obviously is staying healthy. I agree with that hundred percent. And I also think Palmer, I can't shake the idea that somebody that we're not really talking about, somebody we're not really expecting huge things from is going to surprise us. And whether that's Marcus Rosemary, right. Jack Saint, or, or whether it's Dylan Lab Bell, McConkey. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I'm, I'm just saying, like this coming year. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That one of those guys are, you know, because you expect it from Lad, you expect it from Lovett. Heck, you may have been expected from Rara because you've seen him do it before. But um, I, I think one of those guys, and it's probably going to be Jack Sane or or uh, or Dylan Bell. I think one of those dudes is going to make some plays for. Dwayne well, and 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 I think that's consistent with what has occurred over the last couple of years. You know, th- this time. In, in before that 2021 season, we weren't really talking about Lad McConkey a ton. Um, you know, AD Mitchell had a had an impressive spring and uh, you know stood out. Uh, you know, in in the spring game, um, you know, we weren't talking about Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint a ton, and nobody had high, you know huge expectations for him in in 2022, and he ended up as one of the top five pass catchers. So that idea is certainly consistent with. Uh, with, with what has played out and how things have have shaken out over the last couple of years is that typically during the spring, during summer workouts, during fall camp, somebody emerges uh, out of nowhere uh, and becomes to you know comes to be a, a big time player uh, for for the Bulldogs. So um, flipping things over, unless unless you got things something else on offense. Well, I do um, want to answer this question here real quick for about for C.J. It. Smith. Uh, running with the twos, based on what we've seen at practice, you know, they do the routes on air, three receivers are out there. He's usually in that second group at flanker um, or Z receiver with, uh, I believe, Dylan Bell, who's at split in, and Dominic Lovett, who has been running at the slot. So uh, I have, I've seen some good things out of him. I just don't really know. There are a lot of mouths to feed there, man. And, and I tell you what, if he, if he emerges, he's going to have to earn it because there are a lot of good football players in that room right now. And look, he, he could very easily be the one that emerges. I mean, yeah. he could very easily be with, with that skill set and that speed and that size. Um, you know, that is, and I wrote about him after the playoffs, um, you know, talked to him, I believe I spoke to him at, at national championship media day. Um, but, you know, talking to him and what has he learned? And, you know, the, the biggest thing that he said is, 
You know, it was it was learning how to take the speed that he has and translate that to football. It's not just track speed. It's it's you you've got to figure out how you use that on a football field in a football setting. And nobody was better for him than that. You know, learning that than Arian Smith. It, it took Arian some time because early on in Arian's career, I mean, look at him. He was just a you know run past these guys and and it's almost gimmicky. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, calling a, you know, go route isn't, isn't a gimmick, but it was a very, um, it was a very select area that he could and, and was making an impact. Um, and I feel like as Arian has gotten older, um, you know, especially when he's been healthy, um, you know, when, for an extended period of time, we've seen a more, developed route tree from Arian. I mean, I think about that, uh, the, the fourth and six, I think it was touchdown against Missouri in 2021. Yeah. That wasn't, that wasn't just put on the burners and go. That yeah, was, was finding nice an open route. space. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice, nice, nice corner route there. Um, you know, obviously the, the play that people remember uh, this year, what was just a go. And um, you know, I, I think that, with CJ, you've got somebody that has size, that has speed, that's still learning. Young, young in in his time at Georgia is still learning how to use that. And also, he's competing with Arian Smith for those reps. I mean, if you're trying to find, hey, who's the fast guy that we want to put out here for this, you know, for this specific role? It's gonna be Arian Smith right now, and and probably and then you've got, some, and you've got some guys that are young that are capable of doing it too. Well, also probably competing with Lab McConkey and, and Dominic Lovett, who are probably cross training there with that slot position as well. Especially Lad. I mean, Lad hasn't played a lot of slot in his career. He's played a lot of Z, which is what C.J. Smith and Arian Smith are both trying to do right now. And God, Georgia's recruiting way too many Smiths, man. We got to get some Smiths out of here. We got to get Robinsons. We, we've cut down on the Warrens. Um, you know, we we got. I don't think there's. Is there a Warren left now? We got rid of Warren. Brinson. Erickson. Warren huh? Brinson. Yeah, Warren Brinson. Brinson. Warren Brinson's still around. Um, Buffett. Warren Buffett's still around. <laughs> um, eating his egg muffin every morning. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's so it, it, this so many Smiths there, and uh, George's receiving room goes deep, man. Because I really like all three of those guys. You brought up Tyler Williams. I, I don't know that I've seen a, a, a Georgia receiver i think george pickens is probably the closest thing i've seen that you look at and you're just like holy crap look at that guy just physically that that is a that is an nfl looking wide receiver and he's 18 years old um i don't know where he's going to be as far as his development or, or learning the playbook that's that's a lot that is a lot uh but he's a good looking player um we can use this to kind of transition over the defensive side of the ball palmer but my number one takeaway is Georgia hey, has. Before been, we do that, here's here's your look at uh, here's your, here's your look at Tyler oh, Williams. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, dude, he can. I mean, he can he can move his kneecap around without without you know bending at the waist. I mean, he can. That's he's and he looks bigger in pads too. I mean, he looks like a two hundred and fifteen pound wide receiver, and he's light on his feet. One of the things I noticed in the fully padded practice we saw, which was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Um, he caught like a dig route over the middle and it was one of those where he kind of left his feet so he could catch it in kind of the soft part of his body, not against his shoulder pads. It, it, it wasn't necessarily, it was kind of a little bit behind him. 
and he kind of jumped and caught it, kind of cupped it on his back shoulder. And I always – one of the things I've noticed with receivers over the years, Van Jefferson is one that that really stood out to me with this, um, is what happens when those feet hit the ground, right? And it wasn't like feet hit the ground, then he had to decide to run. It's like he jumps up, he secures the football, and when the feet come down, he has, he's already kind of exploded upfield part of the way. And that's just how athletic he is. And, and you know, kind of going in this vein, my main takeaway is Georgia's got a big football team. It is a very big football team. I look at the outside linebackers um, that, you know, Chidera is just absolutely going in on. Both days we've been there, he's been in a, on a war path, just, you know, all over the IMG guys, basically taunting them uh, for being <laughs> from IMG. And that's Samuel and Pimba and, and Gabriel Harris. Uh, but that's a big group. The offensive line group is massive. Uh, the inside linebacker group, there's some guys over there. I need to look at the roster. I was I was looking at some of my photos, and I'm like, who the heck is this guy? Um, who's number five with the inside linebackers? Raylan Wilson. Okay, I wasn't sure. I like, I mean, I I thought that's who that was, but so who's number thirty? Thirty is thirty is a walk on. Walk on, yeah. It, it's it's Terrell Foster. Also, yeah, Terrell Foster looks IMG. awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's another IMG cat. Yeah, looks awesome. So yeah, I mean it's it, it's impressive that, that that the team that Georgia has put together from a physical standpoint. It's almost like uh, I don't know who you'd want to get off the bus first. I mean, pr- honestly, probably Jordan Hall. Uh, Jordan Hall is put together like uh, you got, I don't know if you remember the uh, have you ever seen the um, the the photos of Darnell Dockett from the high from his high school days. Uh I have not. Oh, my God. One of the most intimidating forces you've ever seen. If Roos was on here right now, he would probably be squealing like a child. Uh, Darnell Dockett's high school days were incredible. This cat, I mean, this cat is put together like a running back, like a jumbo running back. He's not a fat guy. He's, he's, he's you know, high hip dude. Are you talking I mean, about he, Jordan Hall or, or Darnell Dockett? Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if who are you talking about, Darnell Dockett or, or Jordan Hall? Yes, both. Um, freak show. Um, so and, and hearing some good things about him too. It's kind of started to trickle out in the last couple of days. I caught some flack on our board for saying I didn't think uh, Jamal Jarrett was Jordan Davis big. He's not. Okay, I know a lot of you guys love to walk, look at your pictures and think that he's just as big. He's not. He's just not. He's he's closer to Nazir Stackhouse in size than he is Jordan Davis, and that's fine. Um, he may be a little taller than Nazir, but in terms of how they're put together. Uh, but, but listen, I think Jamal Jarrett's going to be a fantastic player, too. Um, in the offensive line, now you listen, I, even from far away, we're never close to them. Big group, big group of dudes. Um, and uh, I've really enjoyed kind of watching um, that group from afar because, you know, you got a lot of different body types there. And, uh, and you know, Xavier Truss has moved some weight around. Oscar Delp has gotten bigger. Uh, you know, Georgia's got a big football team, man. A really big football team. Yeah, there's there's Jamal Jarrett for you. Um, he's not. That, that, I will say this: that 55 looks small on his chest. It does. He's big. He's big. He's big. Big. But big. he's not Jordan Davis big. No, he's not. He, Jordan he fit inside of Jordan Davis like a Russian nesting doll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, you you mentioned it, and I would say this has been one of the biggest, um, you know, biggest things that I've taken away is is 
Chidera as a coach and his motivation skills. And I think that's very important with this outside linebacker group because you've got a, you've got guys that are hurt this spring. Um, You've got Marvin Jones. That's not out there. You've got Jalen Walker that could be in that position group, could be an inside linebacker either way, not out there. Um, You've got Darius Smith. That wasn't out there yesterday when we were out there watching, Um, you know, obviously, there's opportunity for these young guys. Chaz Chambliss is there. He's a leader. He's a veteran. He's going to be a part of this rotation, but there's an opportunity for some of these younger guys, whether it's a Darius, uh, you know, who's in entering his second season, CJ Madden entering his second season. Um, you know, he, he's Roos has always referred to CJ Madden as uh, as a slash, um, you know, in that Robert Beal role, um, speaking of the man, here he is, Jake Roos, joining us now. Um, Jake, we're talking about Georgia's outside linebackers, those early enrollees, uh, and some of the younger guys that have an opportunity. Uh, and, and I was saying that you always have, have referred to C.J. Madden as a slash, you know, could be a hand-in-the-dirt guy. Uh, he's actually listed on the roster as a defensive end. Um, so he, he's somebody that, that has an opportunity to step up. Uh, you know, and then obviously the the three early enrollees, Gabe Harris, uh, Sam and Pimba and Damon Wilson. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, I think that that Madden, that makes a lot of sense to me for him to kind of be like a five tech guy, uh, hand in the dirt type. Kind of well, and there's like the that. need with Robert Beal gone. Right. Sure. And he's clearly uh, bigger than everybody else in that group. Yeah. I mean, he definitely is. Yeah. I'm not too shocked to hear that. I mean, he's what he's probably playing at what, like 265, 270-ish? Yeah. I would think. Physically um, looks a lot like Jonathan Ledbetter did kind of those early yeah. years. I mean, Led kind of ended up getting around 280 by the time he was a senior. But, but you know, sophomore, junior year, you and I had those conversations with Kevin Scherer about how the kid needed to, you know, shed that tapeworm and gain some weight. And uh, he, he definitely did at some point. But uh, C.J. Madden is every bit as big as Jonathan Ledbetter was as a sophomore. That's not a name you hear a lot anymore, right? And which is a shame, man. I, I had huge expectations for Jonathan Ledbetter. Not to say he was a, not a good player, he was. Um, but uh, I, just, I, I thought he was going to do a ton. I, you know, I really did. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, but then you talk about those, those freshman guys coming in. Damon Wilson's the dude who kind of, I think, has the, has the edge there, um, you know, I think in Pimba, it's just going to take some time. Um, he's going to have to focus on that that position after splitting time throughout his career. And then I think, um, you know, to me, Gabe Harris is a very intriguing guy. Those pictures I've seen of Gabe Harris make him look like he's kind of ready built, uh, if I'm not mistaken. He may be the he he may be of those freshmen the biggest one. I mean, I think I think in Pimba's kind of that. Uh, and Pimba's kind of that. Hey, if you're if you're gonna go do a Mister Universe type deal, I think Pimba's probably, you know, just naturally more just ripped up and 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 all of that. But but I think Gabe Harris like carries the most mass, probably the longest. But but yeah, I mean, in terms of watching Shadera coach those guys, um, 
Damon Wilson is getting a lot less fire than than the others are. Yeah, I mean he, he's getting I, a and lot maybe more it's just place. because he didn't go to IMG. Yeah, maybe Chidera's <laughs> got a bug up him somewhere about IMG because man, he both practices when we've been out there, he has just been all over those cats. Uh, but you know, was, Kirby has too. The Kirby Jay thing was funny because as we were walking off the field, I was looking around and I saw somebody wearing an IMG polo, an yeah. IMG uh, uh, pullover. So they had somebody out there. <laughs> well, Kirby's doing his thing too. Um, and, and we heard something from him that we had heard from Javon Bullard, which Wes pointed out last week, was, uh, um, you know, he was yelling out, talking about eating off the floor. He was talking – I think he was talking to C.J. Allen or somebody. He goes, are you – I mean, seriously, are you, are you ready to eat off the floor? If you're ready to eat off the floor, you can play at Georgia. Which, I, honestly, I can't even wrap my head around it. It doesn't sound too – I mean, it sounds like a good way to – get a stomach bug, but, uh, so, you know. So, Jay, we, we were discussing this before uh, before players came in last night, and a couple of folks did uh, – both both the players mentioned eating off the floor. When Kirby says that, do we think he's talking about physically getting down and eating off the floor, or do we think it's a food fell on the floor, let's pick it up, let's eat it? Desperate. He's talking about desperation. <laughs> Um, it's just, Hey, what, what, Hey, listen, if, if a crumb falls, are you willing to eat it? Well, are you willing to take whatever you can get to help this football team? And, uh, you know, in the past, you never, I haven't heard him talk about eat off the floor, but I have heard guys talk about, I'm, I'm looking for a crumb. I'm just waiting for one to fall. I'm working for it. I'm trying to get it there. I, I can't get Maybe out of my head. These right guys now, are so big. They're just eating. Yeah, I, that's it. I mean, and, and we're going to have to transition to recruiting here in just a second, but before we do, um, I can't get out of my head right now. I just every time I look at Roos on the screen, I just I just hear uh, Elvira. <laughs> he, he looks like an Oak Ridge boy with this haircut he's got going on. I just um bop um bop. A very a very legitimate mullet. I'm rocking. That's <laughs> true. Hey, listen. There's a Shoney's in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. I may go this year. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into this recruiting thing real quick, Roos. Uh, Landon Thomas is a five-star. Surprise you? No, not at all, man. That was a matter of time thing, in my opinion. I am kind of surprised that it took this long, to be honest with you, if, if I'm surprised about anything. Um, you know, you is can the number two tight end in the country now? Number one in the industry. Um, oh, okay. number, two, number two for in the on 300. Uh, okay. So on 3's personal rankings, yes, number two there. But uh, number one overall per the industry. And um, – Listen, I, I dropped a quote in the story today uh, from his coach, and I'm actually I'm just going to pull it up and read it um, because I thought it was a really – I mean, look, coaches are, are going to talk well about their guys. I get that. I understand. But uh, Sean Calhoun, uh, who's, uh, who's a, a tremendous coach and has done well wherever he's been, um, head coach at Colquitt, told us this last summer when um, George landed him. He said, Landon's skill set, one – you just have some things you thank the good Lord for. The good Lord gave him a six foot four, 240 pound frame. And he's maximizing that. You can have nice things and a great body, but are you maximizing it? He's maximizing what he has, and he's also versatile in the role. He can get into a run set, he can go block, or and he can go block a linebacker or defensive end. He can pass, protect, and do those things. And then you can split him out for one on one matchups. His route running and ball skills at his age are really good. He runs really well. Again, it's just stuff you don't see at his age. That sounds to me like a prototype Georgia tight end at this point. Yeah, um, you know that's the kind of stuff that that you love to hear. And you know, 
big get for Georgia. I mean, big guy to have in this class has been the whole time. I mean, I, people forget, I think that like he and Nikar were the two guys that kind of kicked everything off in this 2024 class last summer uh, after Antoine Jackson decommitted. And um, so those two guys, very, very crucial pieces uh, for Georgia. And Landon Thomas is a freaking dude, man. What do you want to yeah. say? And a lot of folks don't even talk about Nikar who, you know, I talked to a couple of folks from down that way um, here and there, and they love that kid. They think he is – Turn the tape on, man. He's just an abs- the absolute truth. I remember I remember you and I talking about this back in the day, but, like, uh, you know, so Nikar is not this guy, but his hands remind me – the size of them on video remind me of Michael Chigbu's hands. Yeah. Like Michael Chigbu looked like he had Mickey Mouse gloves. Mickey Mouse hands, yeah. Yeah, yeah he had those Mickey Mouse gloves. Nikar, his hands look like that. And I and his coach actually said that in the story when I talked to him. Um, that he said, you know, this kid, this kid's wearing like double XL gloves. Um, but both of those, both of those Colquitt kids, outstanding players. Colquitt's a great program, and uh, you know, they know I was thinking about that today, you know, how important it is. Guys can come from anywhere. That's uh, empirically true. We've seen that play out a million times. But when you have guys that come from places, you know, I was thinking about like uh, Malachi Starks and Sammy Brown and, you know, Colquitt County is like this and places that know how to maximize a, a guy's talent and to, to get them ready. It, it really does create a different expectation. I think when, when they reach campus and Atlanta Thomas is in a program like that. For well, sure. it's sec ball. It's, it's, it's sec yeah. ball of the peach state because you got Valdosta, you got Lowndes, you got Tift. Um, I'm Tiff may be in a different region now. It's been a while since I've been so, you know, locked in down there. But I mean, it's it's a really, really good what you know place to play ball. And um, those schools down there, they're kind of spread out. And yeah, they recruit from each other a little bit. And you have guys bouncing around like a Gabe Harris bounced around a little bit. But um, they 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 put a lot of money into those programs. They train hard. And uh, they don't mind going and playing somebody else. They'll they'll come up and play a Gwinnett County school. Um, usually anytime, they anywhere, man. anytime, yeah. anywhere, anytime, I mean, anywhere. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I grew up down there, you know, following those programs a lot and, uh, they, they put a lot into it. Um, let's chop some wood rather than get into, uh, Dylan Raola, which, I mean, you got anything to earth shatter in there for us, Bruce? You want to chop wood on Dylan Raola? Sure. I'll do that. That sounds great. Yeah. Chop some wood on Dylan Raola. All right, so I guess I'll kick it off tonight. Um, I'll chop wood on Dylan Riola and his recent visit to Georgia. Chad Simmons dropped some intel on that, said that Riola's saying all the right things. Georgia looks like a big factor there. And listen, I'm never going to doubt Chad Simmons. He's the best in the business for a reason, and I really appreciate what he does. I'll say this. The people that I've spoken to about it, though, have not just been super convincing to me. And call it a gut feeling, but I just don't think that he's bound for Athens in the end. I think that it's a situation with Riola similar to what we saw probably with Arch Manning. I think Georgia will be in it for the long haul. I think he's – it seems like it's swaying each and every visit he takes. And, you know, that's him playing the game. I get it. And he's a, a smart young man. He's got some incredible people behind him who understand it really well. So I'm not faulting him at all. And I think that Dylan Riola is doing a, a fantastic job in handling his recruitment. But I will say my gut feeling says that Athens doesn't end up being the place. And listen, 
The fact of the matter is, if I'm wrong about that, nobody's really going to care. That no one's going to, no one's going to care. That, you if, were wrong. If, thank God for being wrong. Yeah, right. I mean, they're going to, yeah, they're, if they're going to rub it into my face, they're going to say, you know, so glad you were wrong. Uh, so, I like I said, I just don't get that feeling. Uh, tremendous player, though, and I, I think that uh, you know somebody going to get a great one. I think that Georgia has a great one, though, too, in Ryan Puglisi. So no matter how this 2024 class shakes out at quarterback, um, you know, as long as Puglisi stays in the fold, I think that uh, Georgia's got a real player in there. Awesome. Awesome. Palmer, what you got? I am chopping wood about Kamari Lassiter. Um, and again, blah, blah, I, blah, 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 blah. Uh, for those of y'all that don't know what we are talking about there uh he was handed the there was a tiktok uh during the playoffs and he was handed the phone and said uh you know hey say something to the camera and all he could get out was blah 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 blah. um but but kamari lassiter um you know as much gibberish gibberish as he may be speaking there um he's saying all the right things when it comes to leadership uh in this georgia secondary um you look around they lose chris smith they lose keely ringo those are guys that have been out on the field and 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 been in the fire um you know i think that you know you hear these guys and safety is obviously a really important position for communication purposes uh but it's also really important for a leadership standpoint um because you're right there in the middle uh, you know, having a guy like Keeley that that made a the a made one of the biggest plays in program history, uh, and B had had learned and been uh, you know highly sought after guy and was under pressure to to perform and to step up and emerge. I think it's important that Georgia has a guy like Kamari Lassiter, somebody that had to earn his spot. Um, you know, somebody that, that wasn't just handed the keys uh, and said, hey, run with it. He, you know, this time last year was battling with Nyland Green for a, a starting position. Um, you know, I, I remember, uh, you know, and, and Keeley did that too. Keeley beat out of mere speed. Um, but, you know, being the number one cornerback and in the class, um, you know, people had high expectations for him. Lasseter, I don't, I don't think people, you know, maybe – we're thinking that he was going to be what he's become. Uh, and I think he's becoming a leader in that group. Um, you know, talking about taking these other guys under his wing, Dalen Everett, AJ Harris on down the line of these defensive backs. He's, he's saying all the right things about bringing guys in, uh, you know, having them do extra work uh, and, and really wanting to step up and be a leader. Um, you know, he, he too talked about eating off the floor. Um, you know, saying that, you know, hey, it's my job as a leader to make sure that we're eating off the floor, that, to make sure that, you know, he first of all, that he's eating off the floor and and setting a good example, but then bringing along, along other guys with him. And so I think when you've got a secondary that's that's going to be replacing two very, very key members and very talented players, I mean, guys that are going to get picked in the NFL draft. Uh, you know, to have a leader like Kamari, um, you know, and, and Javon Bullard too, um, you know, we I can't remember if we chopped wood about him last week or, uh, you know, or that was a stock up. Um, but, but we heard from him last week 
those two guys, but especially Kamari, uh, you know, showing the leadership. I, I think that this time next year, we're probably talking about Malachi Starks as one of those leaders. And maybe during the season, we're talking about Malachi Starks as one of those leaders. But right now during the spring, Kamari Lassiter uh, is stepping up as a leader in this Georgia secondary. Bro, I don't know. What are you chewing on over there, man? You got like uh, just plastic, chewing like you got the antidote in it, man. <laughs> yeah, I got this. Uh, I got just chewing on some plastic. I had this the ring around this Topo Chico bottle. It looks like this right now. Yeah, it's really, really doing some work on it. You should see me get after a Zaxby straw. It's pretty impressive. Um, all right, so uh, I got a couple logs. I got to split here, and I'm glad my axe is sharp. Uh, Charles Power hits me up before preseason practice, and he says, hey, can you help me keep tabs on the Georgia freshman? It's a big class. And, um, you know, I, I hit him up today, and we're talking. And I start naming off the guys that I've heard some stuff about, right? Um, it's over a third of the guys who enrolled early at Georgia. Um, you know, Raylan Wilson, C.J. Allen, Jordan Hall, Lawson Lucky, Jonel Aguero, uh, Roderick Robinson, um, Damon Wilson, uh, that's seven guys, over a third of the 18 guys that um, that enrolled early at Georgia. And that's not to include a guy like Tyler Williams, who has impressed me just on the hoof. And, uh, uh, you know, Yazid Haynes, who I heard a little bit, just a little bit of buzz about during the preseason, uh, during the uh, pre-spring uh, walkthrough stuff. So um, that's the first log to get split. The second is something we hadn't had a chance to cover yet. Wes did per so pretty eloquently in a video of his own. Um, Brandon Streeter, Daryl Dickey, two additions to Georgia's support staff. Um, hey, listen, man, both guys got fired as offensive coordinators this past year. Uh, tough to really judge Brandon Streeter getting fired because, listen, Clemson got so much better offensively than they were the year before. Uh, I think they just had to lunge at the opportunity to maybe get a Garrett Riley there and, uh, and, and hit the reset button and change the culture. But you want to talk about a guy who can just say, here's what I've done with the quarterback position. Um, and, and, and let's be frank, Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, it was going to take you, you – you were going to have to get in their way to keep them from being great quarterbacks. Sure. But both of them met a lot of expectations, um, expectations that weren't easy to meet. Um, Brandon Streeter had a hand in that. Not only that, he helped recruit Trevor Lawrence and uh, helped uh, recruit DJ Uyunglele and and uh, Cade Klubnick, who were highly contested guys. I mean, those were recruitments that were really hard. Um, Georgia wanted every one of them. Correct. Uh, hey, um, how long is he going to be at Georgia, and can he help Georgia get D Dylan Riola, or or can he help him get Merck, or, or can he help him get somebody else because they want to in this class? Um, I think there's a lot to like about these hires. And, and honestly, I think Daryl Dickey may be the underrated one because you look and you, you, you hear Kirby talk about, and, and maybe we'll hear him talk again at some point because um, we hadn't talked to him since, you know, in eight days and, and we're not scheduled to talk to him for the rest of this week. Uh, but you hear Daryl Dickey talk about uh, – I mean, sorry, you hear Kirby talk about, hey, what, is, what does an analyst do at Georgia? He coaches the coaches. Man, Daryl Dickey's coached running backs. He's coached tight ends. He's coached quarterbacks. He's coached with Jimbo. He's been a head coach. Guy knows how to coach coaches. Guys know, guy knows how to look at ball and, and figure some things out. And I think Georgia made two fantastic hires there uh, on the, uh, the off-field staff. Um, with that said, uh, I, listen, I'm not good at the transitions like Wes is, um, you know, and hopefully he and his wife are getting some sleep tonight, uh, you know, after that 14-pound 
uh, 30-inch baby, Javon Bullard Blankenship, that was uh, that was born. Um, Roos, I opened up the show and said that the rumors weren't true. Wes has not perished in a fire. Uh, <laughs> They're, uh, yeah, JB, old JB Blankenship, man. We're, we're happy. Yeah, JB Blankenship. <laughs> Javon Bullard Blankenship. It's amazing. Uh, that, that was totally West. Rod- he got, didn't name him Rodrigo. Uh, he man, I, I I cannot tell y'all how hook, line, and sinker I bit the fourteen pound thing. No, like me just, too. Me too. I, I, I was just, and I hit my wife. I hit my I hit my wife up, and and Andrea was like, she goes, "Is mom okay?" And I and I was like, "Oh, I can't believe I didn't ask that." Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Congratulations to him. Um, you know, I, I I had a little. I was a I, I sired a little boy about four years ago, and uh, I hang out with that dude all the time. Yeah, hang out with that dude all the time. Because uh, reason I remember that is is you sent me uh, solo to to do a practice report for the first time ever, and you were you were busy doing you know important things, and so was what I. A, what a yeah. mistake that was. I, uh, the world. No, you know, I want to. I want to mention real quick. You mentioned the Daryl Dickey thing, and listen, that guy. You can look back over his resume, dude. Long storied history in the state of Texas. So I'm intrigued to see what he can do. You know, you talk about Streeter from a recruiting standpoint, and there's no question that his resume is about as impressive as anybody when it comes to quarterbacks. But those deep ties to Texas, that's, that's a place Georgia has really sought, obviously, and for, I mean, like I said, for obvious reasons to get into. Um, I, I think that that'll help, too. Yeah, just reminded me, too, I need to put in an open record request, see how much those dudes are going to make um, so I can so – do you, do you think that Georgia – Do you think Georgia upgraded its analyst positions, which is weird to say, but do you think that – do you think that Daryl Dickey and Brandon Streeter – is a better combo than Mike Bobo and Buster Faulkner. No, and I and here's why. Here's why. Um, Mike Bobo and, and Buster Faulkner, Georgia born, Georgia bred. Those are those are Georgia guys. And uh, no, I mean I don't know. Who knows? I mean Brandon Streeter. Brandon Streeter's got a better. Uh, both of them they have better resumes collectively um, yeah. in terms of like just experience and things like that. I mean it's tough to say uh, overall. I mean Bobo's still on staff and you know, losing Todd Munkin and, and all that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of accomplishment there, but um, hard, to, hard to complain about a, a, a duo there with Todd Munkin and Buster Falter to help Georgia win two national championships, and you throw Bobo in there to make it a trio for the second one. Um, you know, Georgia's – they, they, but I do like what they brought in. I think that they've got good, uh, they've got good eyeballs on their quarterback position now, and uh, they've got good eyeballs on their offense and coaching staff in general, which I think is going to help. Um, in the long term we'll be back uh bark after dark uh next week as well um we're gonna be back sunday night for the georgia show monday night bark after dark and then again a week from today uh for uh for the uh, georgia show but that's all we got tonight i'm jake Rowe, palmer toms jake roos y'all have a good weekend Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.